Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Broadcasting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the Diener Show. Presented by OPC Pest Services on ESPN 680, 1057, and 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Drew Diener and Mark Blankenbaker. And we are back here, 93.9 The Ville, ESPN 680. But we'll have the uh, broadcast of Louisville's next game. That'll be on Saturday night, uh, 8 o'clock, with the pregame getting underway at 6.30 on a gigantic day of basketball, which gets started with uh, Rick Pitino and the sold-out Madison Square Garden hosting the number one team in the country, Connecticut. That won't suck. We'll have that on 6.80. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I know okay. a, a lot of Louisville fans are uh, listening for that now. So or they're, they're watching St. John's. They're paying attention to what's going on there. So, yeah, that's not going to suck at all. It's going to be great. The sold out garden. I wonder if he'll have like the white suit or anything. You know, like he's going to do, you know, he's got to do something. He's got to do something. Man, he's going to do, well, well, he's going to be awesome. You know, he's going to be Rick. I mean, he can just walk in there and be fine. Well, it's 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 such a Diener show thing that I text Jared Snowman eight oh five out of muscle memory when we talked about doing nine oh five for a segment because you're on Central Time like I am out here in uh, in Kansas City. So uh, good morning. Sorry for the early call. No, that's all right. I'm totally awake and everything else. And I hope you're uh, spending some great time with my friends out of Kansas City and let them know oh, that yeah. I'll uh, see them next week in Vegas. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I made them fully aware uh, as, as Chad was planning out interviews uh, for for next week. That uh, yes, uh, Jared Stillman will be there. Did you get the big Airbnb or what did you end up doing? No, nah, I ended up doing the the media thing. Just easier. Too hard to coordinate yeah. all different people and different nods. And I was like, I'll just go to the hotel that's next to the convention center. Now, is it? I mean, it'll be fun because it's in Vegas. I mean, my gosh, but. <laughs> Do you, are you on Radio Row? They end up doing most of their stuff in the team hotel because they can get more interviews there. So I was kind of surprised to hear. But what do you, where do you? Well, my uh, team is not out? in the Super Bowl every year, so uh, uh, it's probably <laughs> a little different. I'll be on Radio Row all week, and uh, you know it'll be the same old kind of conversation about you know. So Solomon Wilcox, what do you think of the Titans? You know that's kind of uh, yeah. Par for the course there, but it is a lot of fun. So. Well, I'm here. I'm brought to you by Indeed.com, where you need to go for workers for your next uh, hire. You know, well, no, thanks, Solomon. Yes. <laughs> no, last year he gave me some voodoo pills called Composure. What? And uh, huh? I was like, Solomon, if I take these, am I going to get like a heart palpitation? He's like, no, I take these all the time. I was like, okay. And my best friend's a doctor, so I called him afterwards, and I was like, I read him the ingredients of the Solomon Wilcox voodoo pills off the back. He was like, yeah, that's like a pretty standard, like, sleep aid that's in there. Like, that's fine. I was like, okay. 
as long as I don't okay. end up, you know, with like an aneurysm so. because Solomon Wilcox was trying to pump some pills on Radio Row last year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't didn't have that one on my bingo card, man. Wow. Was it just CBD, um, was it just CBD pills or something like that, Jared? Was was it CBD product or what was it? No, it was just like, a, you know, a, a valerian root. I don't know, something like that. Valerian root. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just sent, um, I guess, you know, they, they get these final, final TV ratings numbers, you know, like uh, yesterday. But um, the um, the final numbers for, for, I mean, the AFC Championship game, the audience peaked at 64 million people. <laughs> the most watched since uh, the 94 Winter Olympics when the uh, Car- Harding and Kerrigan. 64 million. Like, I, I was saying the other day, I can't imagine being friends with someone who, was, who doesn't watch football on these, you know, in these playoff weekends. I do always wonder, like, you know, we all have the friends that don't care about sports and, and they talk to them or especially for me, like I'll be meeting someone and I'll be like, yeah, I do sports radio. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. I don't really do sports, and I'm thinking on a day like that, I'm like, so what do you do? <laughs> like, are you aware that everybody right. else in the world is watching this football game right now? Or are they, yeah. you know, insulated with people that also don't watch sports, so they just think, like, it's a typical Sunday and they're doing whatever it is they normally do on a Sunday? I, it's something that has fascinated me for a long, long time. Well, it's like a derby when they say, uh, you know, their, their market share is 80. I'm like, how is it not 100 in Louisville? You know, how, how do you how do you live in Louisville and you're not watching the derby? I just thought, you know, it's always an insane share. And I'm like, yeah, what, 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 what are these people doing? Are they out-of-towners at their uh, a metered market at their hotel room or something or what? Yeah, there may be something to that. There may be people that, like, the 20% is what's at the track at that time. So they don't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jared's still with us uh, down there in, in Nashville. I was I was tuned you in a couple of times. I know you're, you're all um, you know with, with your with the new coach and everything else. But did did the the, the Tennessee NIL thing even um, did Jerry even get around to it yesterday, or is it not even something that's yeah, on the radar? Yeah, I mean that's not nothing. Like that is okay. I've talked to some people that you know when it comes to Tennessee. I mean when I first read it, like when I first saw the headline of the NCAA's investigating Tennessee. I thought, well, okay, but the NCAA has kind of thrown up the white flag about how they don't really enforce anything anymore, and Tennessee's the poster child for not enforcing anything anymore because Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff, they were paying players, and they basically just, you know, scholarship reductions or whatever it is, you know, things nobody cares about. And I was like, you know, I just kind of figure that era's over. But, you know, Pat Forty worded it well enough in his initial story that made me think like, eh, it might be a little different here. And then I talked to some people that, that, you know, are kind of more in the loop there that have kind of told me that the fact that Tennessee found out about this through Pat was not something that they mm. wanted to hear. Like Tennessee was, mm. you know, it wasn't like the NCAA came to Tennessee and said, hey, here's what we're doing. We're investigating this or whatever. I mean, they found out the same way that we all found out, through Pat. And that is the sign of somebody who is coming to get you. And I think while NIL is clearly running rampant right now, I mean, it is the wild, wild west. And I I really don't think that this is a battle the NCAA is going to be able to fight and win if they were to get into the individual NIL specifics because the only reason NIL exists is because the courts told them they had to anyways. So 
I don't know where this is going to head, but I was told that a bull ban, you know, that's the thing that Tennessee's really afraid of. They escaped, they, you know, escaped it last time, but in a 12-team playoff, a bull ban for a season could be oh, massive. That means a lot. Oh, yeah, that changes so, everything, uh, a postseason ban. So Tennessee came out, you know, very aggressive against, you know, kind of the allegations that are out there. I mean, just kind of looking at it from my vantage point, I don't really see what bone the NCAA has to pick. You know, the what they're upset about was a, a plane flight in 2021, I think, that a rule wasn't yeah. even enacted to keep that from happening until 2022. And then in the players' NIL agreement, it has no mention of the University of Tennessee. So, I mean, I don't want to say that I don't think this is anything, but I – I think this is going to be – the NCAA, I think, is coming after Tennessee. I'm sure they probably want to set an example to show that they have some power. I just don't know if they do have any power or not. So as much as I hate people on sports radio and television that say, well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I am kind of fascinated by, you know, okay, so how much power does the NCAA have? And uh, how much liability can Tennessee be? And when it looks like Tennessee has done everything in their power to kind of insulate them from getting in trouble even though it's obvious what's actually happening here so i don't know what's going to happen but again as i have been told many times it's not nothing and then i think there's kind of a faction of the tennessee fan base that is okay well if you come after tennessee then they have to go after everybody and i remember the basketball thing when it was you know hey the fbi is coming after everybody and then they didn't so i don't even again with all these ncaa investigations and i've said this you know, even going back to when the NCAA had power, you know, when we were all afraid of the NCAA, like they wake up, roll out of bed, decide what to do. And I don't think this is any different. Are they just so mad at Texas A&M they're going to hammer Tennessee? I mean, is that, you know, is that, is that what this, that's what it seems like here that you got, I mean, these, you know, they just pick and choose. Cause what was the other one? Florida state, Florida like, state, you know, Miami. Oh, they, yeah. Gone but the Florida both. state no. one was, they drove a player to meet with the collective. Correct. I'm like, what? And then robbed a bank on the way? Well, I mean, I think those are two totally different things, right? So I, I just going off of what you said about the Florida State thing, because I don't care about the NCAA in Florida State. But go, so I don't know the details of what you're talking about. So I'm just going to go off of what you said. No. I mean, if that's the case, that's against the rules. And the rules are the rules. I mean, I didn't write them. It doesn't mean I like them. But – the sense I get on the Tennessee thing is that the rule that Tennessee broke was something that happened in 2021, and it wasn't a rule until 2022. And I find that very hard to yeah. enforce. Hard to enforce. That wasn't a yeah. rule at the time. And then secondly, again, Nico Amalayava, who is the quarterback that is kind of the focal point here with like an $8 million NIL deal. I mean, and nowhere in his agreement with Spire Sports which represents him or which he assigned, you know, through for NIL. It, according to the attorney that is representing the collective, which apparently is some very powerful anti-NCAA lawyer. Um, Tom Mars. Like, Tom Mars, nowhere, nowhere in his agreement does it say anything about the University of Tennessee. So in theory, Nico Amalayava could go to East Tennessee State play football, and earn the $8 million. Now, we know that that's not true, but again, these people right. aren't stupid. This is a way that they cover their tracks. So Florida State, again, I don't know what Florida State did, but if they broke a rule, that's different than what it sounds like with Tennessee, which is Tennessee completely skirted the rules and 
look, rules are rules, and if you find your way around them, that's the fault of the rule makers. And so I think that this is I, I think this may be a landmark NIL NCAA kind of moment. Like it's almost like because the courts are what has dictated that NIL exists. It feels to me like yeah. the NCAA has been powerless to stop any of this. You know, Greg Sankey at SEC Media Days this year was just whining and complaining and just, you know, this wasn't what NIL was supposed to be. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And the answer is, for the most part, I don't think there's anything they can do about it. I think this is all like a, you know, a congressional thing. That's a, it's a policy thing more than it is anything else. And so I think what's happened is the NCAA is tired, and this is just my opinion, but they, they're sitting there and taking it. And so it's like, we're not going to take it anymore. And Tennessee's the school they're going to go after. And I don't know if they're going to win or not. Well, we saw here, uh, both guys, you know, like we saw here that even though it might not be within the rules and may not have even been a rule at the time, uh, the NCAA sometimes just says, well, we're going to do it anyway. And, you know, that happened here. They tried to. Well, they did here. I mean, they did that here. And so, uh, but, you know, we laid down and I don't think Tennessee is going to be doing that. Well, I mean, if you're talking about something that you're you're talking about the basketball and the strippers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know, like so, what's the rule that like wasn't a rule? Like the it, the strippers thing wasn't a rule. Like it felt like that was a pretty big rule to me. Like I don't, I, I feel it sounds kind of like sour grapes there, Mark. Well, it wasn't a rule, just like the private planes, not a rule. But they did it anyway. I'm not going to equate the two. I'm not going to equate the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Andre McGee like knew he couldn't hire hookers, with, uh, Mark. Oh, they punished us yeah. for what we did. What we did was bad, Mark. I know it was bad. I understand it was bad. So we need to accept. Wasn't a rule. We need to move on. And not only that. Yeah. That is a different yeah, era of NCAA authority. Back then, I remember you, Drew, point. had me on, and you were talking about the president of North Carolina this and the president of Miami that, and I was like, yeah, none of that matters. The NCAA just rolls out of bed, and they decide what to do. And you're like, they can't do that. I'm like, that's exactly what they do. Right. And so that's Or they create the IARP and then don't punish anybody. Right. That's the other thing. Or they create the IARP and let everybody off, you know, which it, is what happens. It's not a rule that they that you know that North Carolina can create fake classes and have all sorts of people get fake degrees and diplomas, but it didn't stop them from doing that. That was gross too. Again, they rolled out of bed, but that was a different era of NCAA authority. This right here, like when I'm telling you, this feels to me like a landmark moment of where we are in time, where the NCAA is trying to reclaim some authority on this. Like, I'm not a lawyer, but I actually did talk to a lawyer who was pretty well-versed in this stuff yesterday. I mean, I think they're going to lose, but I don't know. This could be the moment where the like even the paper shield that is the NCAA just completely blows apart. I, I have no idea. But to equate like where we are today with where we are where we were eight years ago, it is not even close in terms of what authority the NCAA truly has. Yeah, I do agree with that that it, that it is a different era because now they get challenged and now they and they lose pretty much every time they All go the to court. Every they, single they just time. don't they don't win. They never win. Um, it's like watching Louisville basketball. They never win. Well, I'm sorry, they got, they got a few. NIL is the kind of thing like paying the players is now an issue where if the NCAA really gets challenged on it, not only have they already lost the first time, 
But in the opinions that were written at the time, it was pretty clear. Like, I think the Supreme Court justices, specifically Brett Kavanaugh, went out of their way to basically say, if anything else like this comes in front of us, you're going to lose again. And so that's why I think they've been really hesitant to really push anything here. But at the same time, if there are zero rules that are enforced, then there is no point to having rules. And so I don't know why they picked Tennessee. I don't know if they're upset because Tennessee was cheating before and they slapped them on the wrist and they could have hammered them because what Pruitt and them were doing was pre-NIL and was pre, you know, kind of, you know, what they did was illegal and they, they fessed up to it. And so now they're mad that it's like, hey, you would do this while we were investigating you, while you said you were cooperating. And so maybe there's some anger there. I couldn't tell you any of that. I just I know that if the concept of paying the players goes in front of the courts, they're going to lose. Like that seems pretty simple to me. And the NCAA has been very reticent to push things in front of courts lately because of that original decision. Hey, by the way, we got uh, wrapped up uh, January, got ourselves a win in January and a win in December. Oh, boy. I mean, this is – I guess we're just going to have to sit in it here for another 10, 11 games, whatever it is for Louisville basketball. But this is – I don't know how to do this for another five weeks. Well, I just don't know what the other option is, right? So if you fire right. Kenny Payne, you're going to sit in it for another five weeks. Yeah. And if you keep Kenny Payne, you're going to sit in it for another five weeks. The only difference is the press conferences will be less embarrassing if somebody else is doing it. And I just don't know if it's worth like changing the coach in order to have more realistic press conferences or more, uh, should I say, self-aware press conferences than what we're having now. So, I mean, I I don't want to sound like somebody who's finger-wagging the fans because I'm in this with you guys. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I wanted the Kenny Payne thing to work out. I was willing to give it a second year, thought it might. I have come to the conclusion myself that it will not. Um, So I don't want, like, Louisville fans to think I'm finger-wagging them, telling them to eat their vegetables and suck it up for one more month of Kenny Payne. But unfortunately, I think that's kind of the bind we're all in. And I think as long as we accept that, I feel like it will make that month go by a lot faster. Yeah, we need to figure out a way to celebrate the NCAA tournament, you know, even without a coach, you know, because I assume it'll be over by then, and then we probably won't have a coach by that day. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to – we, we got to figure out a way to do, do this. Isn't like – isn't that St. Patrick's Day on is – it, is it Selection Sunday this year, or is it on the first day of the tournament? It's one of those two. Um, what yeah, are you trying to celebrate? Times, I guess, sure. It, just try to – anything. You know, I mean, like with – when the tournament rolls around, you know, because we, you know, we always have a big day for the, you know, the bracket challenge. We have great, great prizes and everything else. But it's like, you know, it's it's not used to having these bracket challenges when your team is nowhere near the bracket. And Selection Sunday is St. Patrick's as Day. As a fan, way. and again, like mm-hmm. you guys live it. Like you guys are like fans on steroids because, you know, your bottom lines are affected by winning and losing. And that's something that's really, really difficult. For, I think fans that don't work where like their jobs are connected to the sports teams that they root for that's like a really big double whammy when a team like when it, there is not only like a you know a, a financial gain basically for your team being successful outside of betting them but like there is like a you know a, an added element to it but uh, I gotta tell you as a fan like I love the NCAA tournament 
and I think everybody loves the NCAA tournament, and we always pick teams that we start liking along the way, and we have teams that maybe we root for because we like the coach or whatever. But it is so painful that it feels like it's become a thing where the NCAA tournament is just something that we're not a part of. Like, I don't have a team to get Mm -hmm. behind that I care about in the NCAA tournament, and I can't remember, what was it, like 2018, the last time we were in it and it mattered? 2017. Yeah. 2017. Or, no, no, 2019. Zion Williamson was at Duke, I think, was like the last time oh, we had 19. a team that... 19. We lost in the morning yeah. in 2019, yeah. That was yeah, so to, long. To Richard Pitino, who is, who is trying to go to, I believe, 19-3 and three tonight uh, for New Mexico, for those of you scoring at home. Wow. It's great, right? I mean, I, I've kind of moved on from the Patinos. I know a lot of people in Louisville haven't because I heard you talking about it when I came on, and I see mm-hmm. on Twitter when he wins a game, it's like, oh, oh, Rick Patino won a game. It's so hard. I've moved on from the Patinos. I don't care about I mean, I hope Rick has all the success in the world. Same with Richard. Same with Johnny and Jimmy. I, I don't care about them. But I would say that the fact that Richard Patino was coaching, he was still at Minnesota the last time we were in the NCAA tournament, right? Correct. Uh, oh, so, uh, God, that was so I, long I ago. God, is that right? Yeah, that because we yeah, lost. That was that was our last NCAA yeah. tournament appearance. Yeah, it was 19. Oh, that yeah. was so long. That's so painful. And that's the hard that part. Is. Like, that's what has to end. Like, we need to be in this tournament next year. Yeah, and we need we need to matter. So I was just you know going to this Kansas game here last night to see how much it matters, see how much fun it is to for you. You know when your team matters. There's a tension about it. You don't I mean you want to win, but you also just really don't want to lose because there's so much on the line. Oh, I think right now it's at the point where when the team matters again, like those games where it's a Tuesday night against a good ACC team, like a Tuesday night at home against North Carolina, where it's a packed Yum Center that that will be a moment where I hope everybody, you know, kind of takes it all in for a second because, like, when I was in college, those big Big East games, you know, whether it was Pittsburgh or Villanova or Connecticut or Syracuse or whatever, and it felt like, a, a you know, twice a week. You know, there were big games like that. And I, I, yeah. I would say that we all took it for granted. Like, that was – we were Louisville. We were in the Big East. The Big East was great at basketball. Like, that was what it was supposed to be. And then there was the yeah. occasional drop-in with South Florida – and then outside of that, like every <laughs> other game in that conference was a freaking war, and that's what it used to be. And one day it will be that way again, and it will be that way again soon. But I think it will be more enjoyable for me. Like maybe I will look at it and maybe feel more grateful when this comes back. And I, I am just, yeah, again, I hope. we just yeah. have to wait a month for that to be the case. I know. I, I, I'm hoping so. All right. Well, enjoy the Super Bowl. What day are you going out there next week? I'm going out there Sunday, and uh, then I'll be coming back Saturday. All right. Before that's that's the move, right? Everybody leaves before the Super Bowl itself. Well, unless you want to pay ten grand to go to the game, and I'm not. Yeah. No thanks. No. no <laughs> I mean, I no I could pay ten grand to go to the game, but I don't want to pay ten grand to go to the game. So I will be listening to Tony Romo, who has just gone right down the toilet like Louisville basketball. As a broadcast, what is ha- on Sunday? Like what has happened with him? I mean, I'm, I don't get, excuse me. Get as offended as everybody else. What, what do you? What's the deal with him? What, what do you not like about him now? Like, I mean, I know he says some odd things. Like, well, what do you think, Jim? I thought he was okay on this past game, but I don't know. Uh, I thought Tony Romo was trying so hard not to stink because, I mean, when he first got yeah. into it, he was so good, and then he's kind of fallen off, and I think he's kind of fallen off because he was just 
kind of winging it. Like, he got his money, and he's, you know, I, I don't – you know what's crazy about when teams win or lose, and the players take it very seriously in the moment, but there's a lot of players that play these sports that don't necessarily love the sport as much as the fans love the sport. And I, I think that Romo may be – that he's further removed away from the game may not truly care about the game as much as the people watching it. And I think it's kind of hard to be an expert on the sport when you're not in love with it because things will happen like they'll get the Steelers like they did a couple of weeks ago against the Bills, and he'll be like, yeah, Jim, I mean, I didn't even know that this guy was that good. Like, well, he's been pretty good all year. Like, that's something yeah. that you should know, Tony. And, like, John Madden, for instance, like, you can't – fake John Madden's love for football. Like you just cannot do it. And um and I, I think that that's kind of shining through a little bit. Uh and and I just I think Romo probably was up there winging it when he first started and he was really good at it because he was so close to the game. He knew the players, he knew the formations, the defenses, and as he's kind of phased out of the game, I think he may not have that connection to it. And he has really struggled. Like, he says the wrong things at the wrong time. I mean, like the Roquan Smith thing, where Roquan Smith trucked Trey Smith last week, that was obvious what they were doing. They were trying to pick up a penalty in order to give the Chiefs yeah. the first down so that the Chiefs wouldn't, you know, gain three yards on first and five, then gain two yards, and now the game's over. And Tony was told, like, it took Tony like 45 seconds to figure it out. And it's like, dude, these guys should have to play Madden. They they should have to play Madden because as soon as it happened that they got the penalty first and five, I'm like, I would never defend first and five. I jump off sides every time uh, when I played Madden because I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not giving you, you know, just an endless array of options. So when they did, I'm like, finally, an NFL team is doing what you should do. Do not defend first and five. Jump off side. Let's call it first and ten again. I was, that made me so happy. Like, this, that was 20 years of, of Madden football in the waiting. Well, you sound like you don't want to defend first and five in the third quarter. That – I you know, I never want to defend first and five, right? I never want to defend where you're in a time where you're in a first down wins the game timeout situation. You're yeah, right. You, you definitely don't want to defend first sides. and five. You want to make it first and ten because first and five, you know, it's very easy for them to pick up a couple of yards, then pick up a couple of yards, and now the game's over. So that yeah, or, the right or they can go deep on it. you. They can do whatever they want. Never defend first and five. That'd be my mantra. Never any point in the game. That's me. Yeah, I'm not going to give a, really another team a free five yards just because. But speaking of needing to play Madden, that Dan Campbell, holy smokes, what a freaking hamburger yeah. head. And I I am sick to my stomach for all those Detroit Lion fans out there that they've got this freaking guy. And I know it's a great story to root for the idiot. The problem is, is that at some point coaching football requires at least a little bit of common sense. And as much fun as it is the root for the idiot, like you're never going to win because when that moment of needing common sense comes up, he doesn't have it. There's got to be a moment in the game where the analytics say kick the field goal, but the analysts never say that. You know, oh, they no, always say fact, uh, the analytics say go for it. Yeah, it's got to say so that at some point, but they never point it out. The Dan Campbell thing is not about analytics. The Dan Campbell thing is about being stupid. Before halftime, they were up 14 points. It was fourth and three at the three-yard line with like seven seconds left. And I was already befuddled because they complete – I think it was a complete a pass in bounds or run the ball in bounds. And they immediately call timeout with nine seconds or 15 seconds or whatever. And I'm like, they should have waited until three seconds and called timeout so that the last play of the half is them kicking a field goal. 
And then the Fox yes. camera showed Campbell on the sideline, and it was a split screen with Jared Goff on the field. And Campbell is just standing there, and then he puts his arms up for field goal, and then the field goal team runs on the field. And I'm like, he was thinking about it. And I'm like, you were talking about three-possession game going to the locker room. If you don't get this, they get the ball to start the second half. They've got all the momentum. All they have to do is score, and now it's a total ball game. You've got to take those points. Well, guess what? The analytics says don't do that. The analytics says go for it on fourth down. So when people are like, Campbell's using analytics, no, he's not. Because if he was using analytics, he would have gone for it on that fourth down. But I agree with you. The analytics say go for it all the time. Fourth and 13, go for it. And I don't think that football is about going for it all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy your trip out there. I guess maybe we'll talk to you from the Super Bowl. Uh, probably pretty early next week. But if we get you in 905, probably it's great. Be. If not, I understand. Probably won't be All available right. next week. Right. I love you guys, though. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. All right, Jared. Get on out of here. Enjoy it. See you guys. There you, there you go. Jared's still with us here. Um, all right. Uh, don't forget, hey, with the Super Bowl uh, coming up, nobody celebrates it like uh, FanDuel, America's number one sports book uh, app. And if, so if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday – Scoring all the best. Uh, look, I'm this cop. Look, Super Bowl's great. I mean, and we got we got every over under bet. We got every prop bet you want. But I mean, I mean, you can wait to the Super Bowl. But I mean, you have last night was was fun here. Uh, you know, I had, I had uh, Kansas minus sixteen. I had a little parlay with Georgia Tech uh, going. So nice. Uh, it was it was a good night. So you 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 can bet on the Super Bowl, and maybe you want to save your bonus bets for that because if you uh, go to FanDuel.com slash Drew D. Well, today and now they've upped the offer. Join today and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets for your first bet of $5 or more. So, you know, get a little practice in. Bet something, you know, tonight, uh, whatever, going on college basketball, NBA. you got to check the um, the apps every, every day because uh, there's, there's always uh, profit boost, no sweat bets, you name it. FanDuel uh, Sportsbook, you need to go to FanDuel.com slash Drew D. That's FanDuel.com slash Drew D to get those uh, $200 in bonus bets when you deposit $10 and make a $5 bet. I mean, even right now, I'm looking at NBA. we got a 30% profit boost right there uh, tonight on any NBA wager up to um, 50 bucks. So there you go. The house edge is about 8%. They're giving you a 30% edge. So that's what you get. Again, you got to check it every day. Um, so go to FanDuel.com slash Drew D. And uh, don't got to be 21 or older. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Casting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, you're listening to The Diener Show on ESPN 680, 1057, and 93.9 The Ville. 
Now, here's Drew Diener and Mark Blankenbaker. Hey, we'll uh, have plenty coming up for you uh, here on ESPN. Excuse me. We got um, got the basketball. The next basketball game is coming your way Saturday, 8 o'clock. Man, it ought to be fun. It should have been, in our minds, it should be fun. Saturday night, Florida State, but it's not going to be. But you know we got it. We got the game for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And it's a night. It's a night game on Saturday night. So I'm like pumped about that. So uh, you what know. are you doing? You didn't hear a word of what I said. You do. What are you doing? Were you, you I'm, got an I'm reading this Jeff Goodman stuff. Is what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. What 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 happened yesterday, Chase? Do you know? I mean, he he issued this big apology. Yeah. I don't know what happened. So so uh, there there's like a DePaul media account, <laughs> maybe maybe a fan account. I'm not you know super super well versed, but from what I got, sure, sure. he released a, a either a film like a short film or like a documentary on Ed Cooley and some of the things like the Providence fans were saying about him uh, going into the Providence Georgetown game. And some mm-hmm. of the remarks were pretty, you know, disparaging. And all the guy was doing sure. is really just being objective about the situation. But, you know, Goodman loves Cooley. Ed Cooley. He loves Ed Cooley. Yeah. And Mac. Like, Cooley okay. and Mac are, like, so, untouchable for Jeff Goodman. So yeah. Goodman DM'd the guy who put out the the video or the, you know, documentary, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. basically, was like, we're going to sue you for you know libel or whatever it's called. I don't know. He asked about look good in, if he looked good in orange. Yeah, and he's, he's just yeah, just being a total. <laughs> like you're going to go to j- jail for it. Yeah, uh, you know, Golly. trying to you know intimidate the guy. You know, is what he was trying to do. Yeah, just basically being a, a you know what about the whole situation. Well, Jeff Goodman is an AH. You know, I mean, he he can't help it. That's just who he is. Like he's not. What gonna ch- does who does he work for? anymore jeff goodman i know he's on field yeah. of 68 uh let that, me see. i mean he's now I'm looking at his bio um basketball I guess analyst he still does the groups at all levels i don't know field of 68 he's he he's he's very self-righteous oh you know yes. like what he says is absolute you know 100 uh, percent truth and and you're you how could you ever question it so I can, you know, so I don't know. So do we, uh, what he went off on was over DM, but we, we have the apology over, um, over film because the guy, because the guy who created the documentary made it public and then, and then what happened, you know, Portnoy got involved in it and, you know, really shined a, uh, a barstool boy. light on it. And so then that's how this is blown up to this level because, you know, Portnoy's like, hey, listen, if a media dude or somebody's trying to get people to not watch something because of it uh, doesn't make their guy look good, let's let's take a look at it. And so uh, Portnoy watched it, and so then now it's – now obviously once that happened, now everybody's watching it. So And then now they're, they're yeah. invested in this. So uh, I was catching up because Chase and I were talking about it at break, and I was, I was trying to catch up to this, to this story. So do, do we, can you um, Chase? Do you have the ability to play that thing I sent? The, yeah. uh, the the apology or whatever it is. Um, I, I guess um, yeah. So here you go. All right. I just want to clarify something before we start tonight's show. The DMs are about look, and I own it. I was upset because of how this whole thing went down. I was defending someone who was caught up in that, and I felt like he didn't deserve it. I always back my guys without apology, but I know I can certainly be better in how I choose to do that. I just felt like this anonymous individual who created this documentary didn't go about it the right way, which upset me and others. He misled those he interviewed by naming his company Big East Films, implying credibility and an affiliation with the league. 
The film then went on to highlight baseless rumors while hiding behind the anonymity of a nameless Twitter profile. Yeah, it bothered me. There was no accountability. But I reacted in the moment, and I should have handled it better. There it is. So, and his guy, right. Drew, that he mentioned, the guy that he's going to back is Ed Cooley. I mean, he's letting you know that he's biased yeah. towards Ed Cooley, and that's fine. You know, well, but, but that, that's fine. No, no. The worst thing someone can do is try to say they're not biased and, and probably act objective and then, you know, use that credibility to back someone, back someone. If he says, like, I'm in the tank for Ed Cooley, fan of his, then you go, okay, well, then we know how to take your opinion of him. Doesn't, doesn't make anything wrong with it, but, I mean, I, I appreciate that part of the honesty of it. But, yeah, you're right. They know it. Right. right. So, you know, I mean, he, he um, you know, I haven't watched the documentary. I don't know what's true. I don't know enough about Ed Cooley to really know uh, what they take I don't they care take enough about Ed right. Cooley, be honest No, no, 100%. Yeah. Totally agree. But uh, this is just something that, that is one of those things where if we were involved in college basketball as fans, we would have known. We'd care. We'd know. Like, we, would have, we, we wouldn't be yeah. catching up to this mm-hmm. right now. And, and, but we're on the right. sidelines. And uh, so this is, this is how... This is how this happens. By the way, what kind of shirt did you wear to the ball game last night? Everybody wants to know. There's a lot of people asking. Oh, I went and bought a Kansas shirt before the game. I went and bought a uh, gray Kansas shirt. So you're a Rock Chalk fan now. Win in Rome, Mark. Win in Rome. Win in Rome. So, so yes. Dan Issel. I don't, I don't go to St. John's and go, Ref Valley, Ref Valley. No, I don't do that. You know? I <laughs> no, I mean, if I was to go to St. John's. Particularly if my John's, team's not even playing. If I was to go to St. John's, I'd. I no, I don't think I'd wear St. John's gear, but I would root for St. John's while I was there. Because I'm a Louisville what, what, fan. What's wrong with that? I'm a Louisville so, fan. I'm a, I'm a Louisville it's fan. It's laundry. It's laundry. But I'm a Louisville fan. I mean, I just that's the gear that, that I wear. It doesn't make you less of a Louisville fan. No, I mean no, but and, if you wear the St. John's, it does I, I could, not make you less of a Louisville fan. But it was it was awesome because I was looking at you know, I opened up Facebook this morning. And it was you at Allen Fieldhouse, and it was Vinny with Patino at Jeff Ruby's in Cincinnati. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, I saw Man, that picture. God, I saw Camelot basketball. <laughs> yeah, Sin- I saw that Camelot photo. Damn it! How come we can't have college basketball? Why we can't, can't we? Have we just got to get the right guy. Right, but we got to get the right guy. You know, we got to we got to get yeah. the right guy, and you know. Oh, they love Chris Beard around here too. I mean, the word was if they, you know, if, if Self were, you know, when he was at Texas Tech, if Self were ever to leave, it was going to be Beard. Oh yeah, I mean, I think they're saying that in so. Lexington. I think they're saying that in Carolina with Hubert Davis. I think they're saying that every everybody's looking at Chris Beard. And uh, and I just started a new poll because you know the first poll Chris Beard won forty one percent. I just did one this morning, so it's really early. Uh, but you know. He's at 47%. We're now. not determining the next coach by fan vote. We did that one last time. I agree with We're that. We're not doing that. I know. Again. Josh Hurd has to make his decision based on all of uh, the information that he can get, you know, because the buyout matters. Like uh, Chris Beard's buyout, just talking to the agents uh, that I know, they think it's between six to eight million dollars, which is not a, which is not a small chunk of money. You know, but it, shouldn't but that by, be public knowledge? I mean, he's, it's Ole Miss is a public institution, right? I, I cannot find his, his contract. contract on the internet anywhere, um, so hmm. I don't know. But I, but you know, Scott Louis, Drew, Foya, Louis, Foya, Foya, yeah. But Musselman's <laughs> is low, Tang's is low, Scott Drew's surprisingly low. I can't remember facts and figures, but not as high as Chris's, and not as high as Mick Cronin's, which is just an outrageous number. So, you know, 
financially, you do have to make calls. But I do think that at this point, if you can find somebody that if you feel like Scott Drew is the guy, you pay you pay the buyout. You're like you you know you're you're not making. If you feel mm-hmm. like you've got the right guy. The, the financial money incentive here to make to, to kind of lay that cash out there of right now is so much better for year one, year two, year three. I mean, right now I think we're at a twenty million dollar off. We're off like twenty million for men's basketball off what we could be at if we were rolling. What do you mean we're off twenty million? Well, we're off two. We're off two like, million like off the projection. Financially, yes, oh, yes, oh, we're oh. off two million off a bad projection, but we're off twenty million dollars off the height of Rick Pitino. Per year, which isn't reasonable to think that it's going to get there again. I mean, I don't think you're going to have twenty thousand people at every game. I'm just, just telling you where the that. gap is. What the gap is? No, yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. This I is agree. the this is the ce- this is the floor. I think that's the ceiling. It's twenty million dollar annual yeah. uh, hole that you're in. Yeah. So, what do yeah. you want to do? So they like beer uh, out there, well, and, and they and they want us to take Tang though. So they want us to take Tang, no, no, so no, we don't no, take no. beer. God, you you have every conspiracy theory. I'm telling you, I've talked to people. I'm doing research. And you go, they all want us to take. No, I've talked about Tang, and they like think he's really good. They'd be happy to take him off our hands. They all, you know, Chris Beer was also a guy they like too. I mean, it's just not you know, yeah. they're they're good. They don't really care what Louisville does. They don't care. But you they, know, they're too busy being a top ten team, beating teams, right? You know, left and right. But they would be happy if we took Tang out of Kansas State. Right, because that's their yeah, and I rivals guess yeah, and, and I guess Tang went went head to head with the president this year. They wanted to keep a guy. Um, I don't oh, really? even know the full incident. Um, and and the president didn't, and so then they uh, the president, which generally happens, won out. So not happy about. It. Oh, they're not happy about that. And uh, okay, so Tang might be. Oh no, 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 no. He's not happy. Tang's not the happy. President. Yes. What are you doing? You're doing something. No, I'm listening. I'm just trying to follow. Uh, okay. Just trying to follow. No, I'm saying. saying. I was saying there was a player, Kansas State, was involved in some incident. I don't even know the story. I mean, I, I'm just going to look that up this morning. But the the, um, the 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 Tang wanted to keep him. The president said, no, we got we got to get rid of him. And they ultimately got rid of him. And, and this is guy was going to be like their best player. This oh, year. wow. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I don't know the incident either. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. followed it that closely. Um, but yeah, you, know, you don't keep up with Kansas State basketball all the way. I mean, know, I might as know. well. I mean, why? I got nothing else to do. Yeah. Watching us go down yeah. twenty-four and uh, win by six, and then it's uh, moral victory. You um, in the post game. So, although I don't think so. Did you? Did, it doesn't feel like people are buying. No, but Kenny Payne. I mean, I Kenny Payne at the podium was like, oh, man, yeah, they played their balls off," is what he said. Yeah, let's let's let, let actually let's go a little over the top here. Let's play. Um, Actually, like let's go with Bob first. The, the, the it sounds similar, uh, but KP with Bob number one there. KP with Bob number one. Chase is going to get number it. One. You've been around oh, a lot okay. more games than I have. That's one of the strangest games I've ever seen. I mean, in terms of how it went one way and then another way and then makeshift lineups and it, it's it was just kind of crazy. Well, I love it. I love you know. Obviously, we lost a game and we heard about losing, but I love for the first time I seen a team really fight against all odds no point guard guys are in foul trouble guys stepping up Trey White leading us Mike James having to play the point me having to get after Mike and said I don't you work too hard all summer from last year to this year to be a better ball handler don't ever look tentative again handling ball with me as your coach I don't want to see that you deserve to be able to be efficient and tough with the ball um, I'm proud of the guys. I am. I can't ask for any more than what they gave us today. I would have liked for Brandon to play even with Hall. 
but Hall's alone, and at critical times, he burned by me. But overall, I'm very pleased. I thought they were fighting every game. That, uh, uh, what was this first um, time they fought? He's very pleased. It's a results-based business. So, I don't know, man. I, yeah, so, let, I mean, I guess you got to find Let's get the, the podium number one, too. I want uh, let's uh, let's go to the podium number one as well, just because I think that's the one that you wanted to uh, discuss as well. So here here we go. You know, first of all, we're playing a team that's got a real legitimate chance to make an NCAA tournament. I like their team. I like their toughness. We knew it would be a physical battle. Um, we know that they have great shooting. Um, even though they haven't shot it great lately, they're a good, very good shooting team. They are a complete team. And to come in here and battle the way we battled, I'm proud of my guys. I know people will want us to be down because we lost, but at the end of the day, I saw five guys on the court, whichever five, fighting with everything they had to win a game. I am proud of my guys. Uh, we didn't shoot it well from three. I think we were two for 20. Don't care. They fought. Uh, we out-rebounded them by 19, one of the most physical teams in this conference. We fought. So I can't sit here and be negative when, I, when my guys, without two-point guards, go out and battle the way they did. Yeah. Yeah. If they were had a few more wins in their pocket, you'd go, okay, maybe. Sure. But I'm not – no, I'm not – you can sell that all you want. Man. I'm not – they, they, Sky Clark wasn't hurt in the first half. No, he wasn't, and you were down by a lot. And and, and also, it, it's like this: if like if we had a coach that you know we were in contention here, and you're fighting for a double buy, and then you you just have a bunch of injuries you, in a night, and 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 you know you get down by a bunch, and then you fight back and you lose by six, you're like, man, that was a tough night. We got to get some guys healthy so that it doesn't happen again. Right, like you know, like you could say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's totally different. Yeah. It's a totally different, totally different. But you can't. Yeah, Texas re- says moral victories are from middle school. <laughs> yeah, you just can't do that. Like you can't recruit dudes that you really shouldn't be recruiting. Some of those guys never show up or never play, uh, and then uh, be kind of a mess all year, and then show up and be down by twenty four. But when that, you go down by double digits all the time, and then you fight back and finally, you know, I don't know. I just, I just can't. Like teams. Are, are pulling up on you they're not playing hard they're not playing with that intensity they did to start the game and then you're coming back that's why that's why and I, i'd like to hear the quote um i've because i've only read it so i don't know which one this would be in uh chase but but he said something the effect of like i, I know people want um want us to lose he said i'm proud of my guys i know people want us to be down because we lost what? James thinks it's number two if you want to try number two. Okay. Yeah, let's play it. Let's play that. Let's play that. I just felt like, you know, we were stagnant. We didn't make quick, decisive decisions. Um, when a guy was open, we hesitated a second. Um, but, again, overall, they fought, man. I can't, I can't dwell on their lack of assist and the lack of playing the right way when they fight like that. Mm. Not necessarily, but yeah, yeah. But all right, we'll see. We'll we'll see if we can find it. But again, it's like, and and look of the guys that played last night in the second half. I mean, you do you if you played in the last eighteen minutes of that game or whatever it was, man. 
I mean, I guess you you say, well, they they did play hard, but I, but God, when you get down twenty four, man, I got it. All matters. All the, the all this all segments of the game matter. All but, of them matter. Yeah, they all kind of, and the so does the first year, not year zero, year one, the first segment, and so I think it's just it's it feels non competitive, and it is non competitive. You're three and twenty seven in the ACC because it is. Yeah, it is. So they won one game in December and one game in January. Correct. So. All right, we uh, we will continue along here. Two six seven nine six eighty is our number to get in. Text away that UPS Jobs text line uh, at four three seven. Excuse me, uh, nine six eighty. Get over to uh, a fitness market uh, if you are someone who's wanting to start a home gym, add to a home gym. You want to get the treadmill, the rower, elliptical, whatever it is. They're going to have the exercise equipment you need to uh, get that ability to get that workout in. Uh, inside your home so uh, it's fitness market they've got two locations westport road just inside the snyder plant side drive and waterson trail they got the sauna starting at 1799 1799 warm um and uh yes you can feel warmth man put a price on that uh, uh check them out online at thefitnessmarket.com all right well um we will uh I guess we got Katie in hour number three. Okay. At some point. Well, Katie. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I don't Might know what have I'm going to have, you know, Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to um, see what her latest podcast is about. Maybe hit her up on that. And then I've got, um, actually, I've, I've got one. I may surprise you with this. Okay. Um, that I think everybody with kids can relate to. Okay. So we'll see. We'll I see. I can't uh, wait to hear. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? That's a tease. Hour number three.